Welcome to the BLC Connection Podcast. I'm Karen Wilson and your host for today. These small episodes will focus on local businesses that excel at particular parts of customer care. Today's guest is Executive Director Larry Flatt from Motlow State Automation and Robotics Training Center. Welcome to the BLC Connection, Mr. Flatt. Well, thank you, and we're glad to have you here. Uh, We especially appreciate everything that Ben Loma Connect, I keep wanting to call it Ben Loma Telephone. That Uh shows how my age uh, has come around. But we appreciate everything you do for the community, and uh, I especially appreciate it every night when I sit down in my internet is working and i'm able to see those tv channels that i like to see yeah how are you able to get our gig service yet yes we are good good i love the gig you know you don't have to worry about any spinning or anything like that it it makes a huge difference but i want to say how impressed i am i've been in your facility a few times and it never ceases to impress me that we have this in our region here well warren county has a jewel uh in the Automation Robotics Training Center, the ARTC as we call it, uh, we are one of only two facilities in at least 250 miles that have three competing robot companies in the facility. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one is in uh, Decatur, Alabama. It is funded by the state of Alabama, so they have some pretty deep pockets. We, on the other hand, uh, are part of academics, but we are more specifically part of the workforce group of Motlow College, and so therefore we have to raise our own money. Uh, So we're quite proud of the fact that we have this multi-million dollar facility. Uh, I would also add uh, that we are going to increase the size by about 7,000 square feet, hopefully starting sometime in late fall, early spring. Let's begin with the training that ARTC provides. So what is automation and robotics training for those who have not visited a plant or factory? You know, you have a visual in your mind of human beings on a line, but that is probably not accurate anymore. Um, what is what is all the robotics uh, that you all provide or the training? What is that used for? Well, you are correct in that the image is back to the 40s and 50s when most people talk about manufacturing. And there are still facilities that employ that, but they are like dinosaurs. They're going to live a fairly fast demise. Most of the companies you work with today have embraced this thing called 5S, uh, where you shine up your facility, you focus on productivity, you focus on customer uh, support and employee well-being. Uh, and people that listen to TV or listen to radio or read are hearing this thing called I-4.0. I-4.0 is Industry 4.0. It's just another way of referring to what I would say revolution in industry number four. So we think back to Henry Ford in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and then we had uh, the automotive people that came here from Japan and other things that happened. But the Industry 4.0 is about automation and providing creature comfort as well as creature well-being plus the ability to learn, earn a, f- a living that affords you uh, the ability to have the things that we enjoy uh, for those of us that are a little bit older. So I-4.0, uh, you're going to hear terms like big data, whereas before our interest was in improving productivity by working harder and maybe a little bit smarter. 
uh, in some cases. With Eiffel Point strategy uh, in the workplace, we're now in the process of collecting data, analyzing data, looking for automation that is has artificial intelligence. So it says this motor traditionally has run 500 hours and we have to replace it. And so now we start collecting data and we look at that and at 250, 300 hours, we plan to replace the motor instead of letting the machine break down. Mm -hmm. So it is a all-encompassing approach to more productivity uh, with more profit, with more people employed at a higher level because now we need more technical skills. Right. So you're planning your maintenance uh, like many factories do, and then you're not waiting for the automation to break down on its own. You schedule your maintenance and things like that, and then you're training, I guess, and you correct me if I'm wrong, your people to work on these robots and do the maintenance and things like that. I know that's a very um, small way of looking at it. But you're exactly correct. The the skills that we're imparting to young people through the mechatronics program on the academic side allows them to enter the workforce at a much higher pay scale with a lot more skills. And you're going to hear things like micro-credentials and stackable credentials. Uh, but more specifically, the, the TCAT next door to us and what we do here, uh, again, on the academic side, is providing those young men and women with a lot of hands-on opportunity. Uh, so that they can do things like you were alluding to. If you're looking at a motor, we're not going to predict when it's going to fail. And we're going to not let that cause us to be, have a catastrophic event in our factory. Mm -hmm. Right. Productivity and, as you said, well-being of the, the workers as well. So tell us, I guess, how the idea of the training facility began and then came to fruition. If you look back at what has happened in Warren County that has made Motlow be a star in the state of Tennessee, and in some cases across the entire nation, as it relates to mechatronics and robotics, if you recall, we had several factories close uh, back uh, 10 or 15 years ago. Carrier being one of those, uh, A.O. Smith, uh, Aquatech, Powermatic, you just keep naming them. There were five or six major industries that closed. And so consequently, we had all these people who had done things really well for their employer, but they didn't have a lot of skill sets. For instance, at Carrier, there were many people, good people, that came to work every day and performed their job very well, but they might have only driven a fork truck. And they maybe didn't have a lot of academic background. And so when Carrier closed or Paramatic closed or Century or A.O. Smith or whoever you want to name, those individuals needed other opportunities to improve their skill sets. And so the Business Roundtable Action Group with Motlow and the Industrial Development Board and Warren County all came together about uh, 2008 or 9 and said, we really need to start a mechatronics program. Motlow was the second community college in the nation that embraced the Siemens approach to third-party credentialing of <clears throat> individuals coming out of that program. And by doing that, we now have a third-party validation that says we are teaching what industry believes those young men and women need to have. Mm -hmm. And from there, we built up the mechatronics program, started with nine individuals. And as of last count, we have graduated well over 600 individuals 
uh, out in the mechatronics program. That gets us to about 2015. And in 2015, it became apparent of what was happening to replace individuals in industry who were doing these dangerous, mundane, uh, sometimes dirty jobs, and so robotics began to show up. And the group, that pretty much the same group of companies, maybe different faces, came back to Motlow and said, we think we need to start a robotics program. And out of that robotics uh, program grew the concept and the, uh, the facility we have. And so I will hush and let you ask another question, but then I'll expand a little more. Well, that's what I was going to say. So you got us to the point you guys were doing some teaching uh, through the mechatronics. And then um, did it just kind of evolve where it's like, okay, we need a facility here. We need, we need more uh, hands-on approach to this. It evolved from the standpoint that people began to look around, and all of a sudden we became the Detroit of the, in the South. And so the automotive people, the Nissans, the Volkswagens, uh, and other companies were, were locating here or relocating here. And when they did that, you have all these tier one suppliers and tier two suppliers that are also locating or co-locating or building. And the group that came together, when I go back and look at the grant that was uh, approved and uh, as part of Governor Haslam's drive to 55, they identified that there were 7,000 robots within 70 miles of Warren County. So because we're halfway between Chattanooga and Smyrna, Nashville area, <clears throat> we have those businesses with robots. But that they really mismeasured because I can count three companies that have 7,000 robots. But the impetus was there that we need to equip individuals to repair these robots, to program these robots, uh, to service the, uh, the people who are providing the robots into the company, i.e. the engineers and the project managers and those people. So let's get into um, how you've partnered with these leading manufacturers of industrial robots and what these robots are used for in the industry. Uh, you mentioned three major robotics manufacturers that you all work with and and you sort of outside certifications and things like that. Elaborate on that partnership. Okay. <clears throat> there are lots of robot companies, and they're more every day getting trying to get into the business. But if you look locally, there are three manufacturers, one out of Sweden, ABB, and Fanic and Yoshikawa Motoman, both out of Japan, but they have U.S. bases that provide uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80% of the robots in the United States to industry. If we look specifically in our area, uh, Fanic is located in Nissan, it's located in Volkswagen. It's located in lots of other uh, companies, and they probably have somewhere around 60% of the U.S. market share. Uh, so if you go to the Nissan factory in, in Smyrna or you go to the Nissan factory uh, where they make the engines in Decker, Tennessee, you're going to see somewhere in the neighborhood of four to 5,000 robots in those two locations putting together either engines together or cars together or whatever. When I go to Yorozu, 10 miles down the road, they've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 1,500 robots from Motorman Corporation that are welding car parts. So odds are, when you drove over here today, the undercarriage of your car was probably, some part of it was made in Morrison, Tennessee, and they used a Motorman robot to weld it together. 
And then we look at ABB, as uh, I indicated when you came in, we have a class today. Uh, ABB and uh, FANUC are located in Michigan and Motoman's located in Ohio. <laughs> we have a class of ABB students here uh, this week. And ABB can do the same thing that any other robot company can do, but in the automotive industry, they have a niche market. So if you go to Volkswagen, for instance, they're painting the cars, they're putting the elastic or mastic around the, the windshields and the, uh, the moon roofs, and then they're putting those uh, items in the cars. You go to Nissan uh, Smyrna, they're painting cars. Mm -hmm. So they, they have a niche market. Uh, but as I said earlier, uh, we are partnered with them and we have a contract with them and we have a revenue sharing agreement with them where some part of what is charged for each class is returned back to Motlow in the form of a profit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it kind of helps. It's not just uh, something that's just here because you guys are hopefully uh, making Motlow even more stable, bringing money into Motlow uh, through this need that the industry had and fulfilling that need. That, that's correct. And as I said earlier, we are, I won't call us a profit center, but we are different. The, the ARTC is different from academics. Academics is a 14-week semester. You pay tuition fee, and you get a certificate, a credential, or you get a uh, AAS or an AS degree. And then you go into the workforce, you go into a four-year school, and you complete the, that formal education. Everything we do in this facility is work-based uh, or, or uh, around working. Those three individuals you, that we, I, I introduced you to earlier all work for a company in Louisiana. <clears throat> they may not have seen a robot when they came here on Monday, but this coming Monday, they will be back in their factory programming robots. Wow, impressive. So how um, do you keep, I know this technology changes, how do you keep your facility up to date as these robots kind of evolve and change, or, or is it something that maybe it doesn't change that, that much, or elaborate on that for me? Well, with any technology, it's good for about three to five years, and then you're going to be looking to have to upgrade. So we fortunately hit at a time when most of the companies had just introduced current versions of what their robotics uh, programming need to be. And every robot is made up of what people see out here that's got an X, Y, Z, and one, two, three axis. We call them six axis robots, so that we can move in six directions at one time. Uh, that robot doesn't change as often as this thing called the controller. The controller is like your computer at your desk where you input data and then you output data through a printer. So the controllers change as they see a competitive need or as technology changes. So our challenge <clears throat> is to find money from some source to continue to upgrade. Mm -hmm. And we do that through grants. We do it through the money that we raise for uh, teaching. Uh, but there's never enough money. So we're always looking for, for what we're going to do the next time we need to upgrade. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, our contracts with these companies allow us to maybe trade in the older version and they will put that in spare parts or they'll sell it uh, on the market for less money for smaller companies that maybe don't have the money to buy the, the more expensive robot at the time. And then 
then that allows us uh, multiple ways to refacilitize, if you will. Mm-hmm. Is that part of your um, responsibility, I guess, as a director, is to constantly evaluate the technology and when it's time to upgrade? Uh, do you lean on kind of these manufacturers to tell you uh, when it's time to change your training? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, I do do that as part of my job. For instance, ABB <clears throat> will be introducing a new robot next year. The people that were designing that robot, I actually spent several hours on the phone with them in the conference calls where they asked my input about what do you think we need to do? What would make it easier to train on these robots? So that's the kind of relationship we have with these companies uh, where I'm, uh, in, in many cases, personal friends with their senior training managers or, in this case, an engineer, a lady that was working on uh, a new robot. And so they've let me know that uh, next year, maybe year after, we're going to have to replace the f- six robots I have here from ABB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fanic, I just saw a, a note come out today. They've introduced a new robot. Um, I knew it was coming. I just hadn't seen the specifics on it, but I did get an email on that today. So all of a sudden, I'm going to be leaning on somebody to find some grant money uh, that we can buy what we need and uh, do what we need to do. Because if you're not current, people are not going to come here. Mm -hmm. Well, and you alluded to that earlier, talking about people coming here from other areas to train. So that's another resource that the ARTC provides is training for people already in the industry. Talk to the audience about that need and how the ARTC is utilized in that capacity. In response to the question, I'm going to make a statement and then we'll talk a little bit about that. The the thing that I would like our audience to know is the people who come here are from the region. For instance, we've just done a significant amount of training for Batesville on the automation side. We haven't even talked about anything except robots, but we also teach automation. Automation uses things like PLCs, Programmable Logic Controllers. That's a big fancy word to say it's just like your computer or your controller in your car. It is a device that runs a piece of equipment. And so logic controller implies there's logic involved and you're controlling something. And so those PLCs are have replaced in the last 25 years things like switches. Today, when you pick up your smartphone, you don't have keys anymore. You've got a thing called a human-machine interface, an HMI. That's your smart screen. And so you begin to touch that, swipe it, and do those things. We now do that with uh, machines in industry. We don't buy a bunch of switches. We program them into an HMI, and then there's a thing called a PLC in the background that takes the input from that screen and makes the machine do something. Uh, so with that in mind, the, uh, the ability to, to do these things uh, helps people get better jobs, higher paying jobs, uh, and in many cases get promotions. Uh, I, I said all that to lead up to the point that it is regional in that we go out and try to recruit people from our all over the state, if you will, to come here. But more importantly, some portion of our uh, attendees here uh, probably more than 70% as of right now are from out of state. And they come here because we are on the website of these companies. So for instance, if you go to ABB's website and you're looking for a class that they call US 420, Introduction to Robotics, 
there, Mot, little old Motlow is listed right there with their corporate training facility. And so you can say, do I want to go to Michigan in January or do I want to come to McMinnville, Tennessee? <laughs> We're happy to have them here. I yes. mean, Larry, you could get over my head pretty quick with all of the, but I mean, it's amazing too and reassuring to think of even local industries utilizing this facility to better their factories, their jobs, you know, and educating their people because all of those people reside in our region here and are making a living here and raising their families here. So it's very, I guess, good to know that places like Batesville and, and factories in our territory are utilizing this. Yes, yeah. And uh, we have, uh, locally, we have taught people from Dyersburg, Tennessee, Chattanooga, of course, our local industries, a lot of people out of Smyrna come here. One of the things that's really helped us in getting people to want to come here is the new hotel uh, and the renovation that they're going to be doing to the Best Western, which may not be common knowledge, but they're going to be investing a fairly good amount of money in upgrading the facilities at the Best Western. So those two facilities being within some cases walking distance of this facility have allowed people to uh, and in, encourage people to want to stay in McMinnville. Before, unfortunately, they were staying in, I guess fortunately for them, but unfortunately for us, they were staying in Manchester, Murfreesboro, and other places. And so uh, we, we always want to recognize those people that are supporting us uh, in the additions that have been made in Warren County in terms of creature comfort and convenience. Yeah, if you want to, uh, or you've got to go to training someplace, you do like a nice place to stay. Yes convenient, good places to eat. Of course, it's beautiful here, and there's plenty to do if they decide to stay, but I didn't think about that. You need those complimentary resources to make it attractive to send your folks here. Yes, and several of our instructors who are outdoors kind of people uh, have actually brought their campers down, and they're staying at Fall Creek Falls or Rock Island or other places um, and enjoying the outdoors doors part of what we have to offer here in addition to being able to teach here. Well, it's good to know. It's it's all a big circle and hands go in hands to make all that, you know, just a perfect environment. So my final question, I guess, and uh, is just what are a couple of your favorite success stories or wins for the ARTC? Well, I thought about that last evening as I was getting ready for the podcast today. We have lots of individuals and companies that I believe have benefited significantly from the fact that we're here. But a couple things that I, that I would just share right off the top. Uh, we have a strong partnership with Kasai, which is a tier one supplier of door panels and headliners to many car companies. Uh, corporate headquarters in Manchester, and of course the manufacturing facility, uh, corporate headquarters in, in Smyrna, and uh, the manufacturing in Manchester, I think I said that incorrectly. They, about 18 months ago, had a new model being introduced by Nissan, and they needed to build a, I believe it was a door panel for a car to make a prototype deadline. The work sale that needed to make that was still in Japan, and so they weren't sure how they were going to be able to provide uh, this in time that Nissan wasn't going to be unhappy with them because they didn't make their deadline. We have, uh, with all three companies, we have a virtual training uh, opportunity with them. Uh, 
specifically Kasai uh, uses Motoman, and they have a thing called Motosim Touch. And so Motosim Touch allows you to program the robot rem- offline on a computer, but you can import your work cell that your computers have des- uh, that your engineers have designed. You can import your robot. You can do everything virtually. And so they called me up and said, what if we come down and do that? They brought one of our former students uh, and two engineers down, and in three days, they started from scratch, programmed that entire work cell, programmed the robot, put it on a thumb drive, and when the work cell arrived, they plugged the thumb drive in, tweaked the points, and they made the, the deadline for that part. That's a real win when you can talk about industry coming here to be trained, but more importantly, we can support industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're, we're quite excited by those opportunities. Uh, the other thing we're excited about that is not a win yet, but we anticipate it will be, is electric vehicles are the up-and-coming thing that everybody is talking about, reading about, and anticipating. Specifically, Blue Oval City, a multi-billion-dollar investment by Ford over in West Tennessee, they're going to employ somewhere around 11,000 individuals, if I remember the right number. And many of those will have to be trained. Even though they're going to build a Tennessee College of Applied Technology facility on site, we're optimistic at working with the local industrial development board, economic development for the state of Tennessee, and Ford specifically, that we're going to be able to get part of that training. And that means people would be traveling here from West Tennessee, being trained and then going back to Ford. And if we, uh, when we accomplish that, uh, it will be a major uh, event for this facility. Yeah, you think about 11,000 potential employees, one, coming to the state for that, but then you can't possibly train at one facility for that. But it's so uh, interesting that Within even that same state of Tennessee, they have a second location to come here to McMinnville and and get that training. That's just so impressive. Well, we're excited about it, and we've already had some dialogue with uh, some people uh, from Ford. I can't go a lot deeper into it right now, but uh, we're we're working that. Uh, We're also excited that uh, Ultium Cells in Spring Hill, Tennessee, will be the battery provider for General Motors Cadillac that's going to be built starting, I believe, next year uh, in the Spring Hill facility. Uh, we're also working with them to possibly be a training provider for them. Uh, they're going to be exclusively FANUC robots. We're not sure about the PLC yet, but I, t- I have four brands of PLCs we can teach, and we're pretty confident that one of those four will be ones that we teach. So this wasn't on my list of questions, but thinking like, okay, I've got a student in high school, maybe early years of college or something of that nature. What, as a parent um, or as a teacher, are you um, plant? What seeds are you planting for students to go into this field? What are they studying in their high schools or at the high school to to broaden this career? Well, I'm going to answer your question with a statement, and then I'll talk specifics. Uh, I taught mechatronics here for about six and a half years before we built the facility and I moved over here. And I tried to encourage those young men and women by saying to them, plan your career about what you do not want to do when you're 55, as opposed to what you can do when you're 25. And so as we take that and they kind of mull that over in their head and 
wondering what this old man's trying to tell them. We get then into the conversation about what do you really want to do with your life? It's easy to be on top of a machine or climbing a ladder when you're 25. It's not so easy when you're 65 or 55. And so that leads us then to the discussion about getting skill sets, getting credentials, getting micro-credentials, demonstrating capability. Book knowledge is always important. I'm an engineer by degree, I have a master's in business, and they have served me well. But the thing that served me better as I came out of college was the fact that during that time I worked in factories uh, when I was a junior and senior in college and then later in my career, and I had these crusty old men that would pick me up and say, don't do it that way, do it this way, because that's a better way of doing it. And so we try to encourage our young men and women to think about better ways to do it, what skills do I need, what I really want to do with those skills, and 10, 15 years down the road instead of just today I'd get to buy a new car. Mm-hmm. Critical thinking skills, and that's part of what I guess uh, kids are developing during those years of their schooling is to rethink things. Yes, and, and I might add, because as we uh, ponder this question, I was working with a company about two months ago, and everybody today wants to talk about soft skills. Team building, writing a resume, being able to communicate, those kind of things. This company looked at me across the table and they said, do not use that term again in our factory. It's critical to work skills. And so I am trying to get people to start calling them critical to work skills. You need these skills. You need to be able to work in a team. You need to have critical thinking. You need to have problem solving. You need to be able to look beyond today and see what's going to happen tomorrow. So if I just burned up a $4,000 motor, why did it burn up as opposed to putting another motor in there and burning up another $4,000 motor? So these critical to work skills are the things that we all should be promoting in our young people. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, the expansion. Um, what What is that looking like, or what are you planning for the expansion of, of the ARTC? Well, as I said, we're going to add an additional 7,000 square feet with some offices. Uh, what that will entail will be three classrooms. We're going to add a cybersecurity uh, program in McMinnville. We've already got it in uh, Moore County, and we've got it in Smyrna, but we'll be adding it here. So we'll have a large classroom for cybersecurity. We'll have two new classrooms for mechatronics, and we're adding three additional laboratories, one for cyber, two for mechatronics, and then the additional space. Because if you go to the uh, original center here in McMinnville, you'll see there's not any room for growth in terms of adding uh, faculty or administrative services. And so we'll be adding several opportunities for more office space, more administrative space. Mm -hmm. Well, as a technology provider, when you say cybersecurity, that just, you know, appeals. uh, That is such a critical thing right now. Glad to see you all offering that because it's something that's very needed all over the United States, all over the world. So it's impressive to think that some of those people will be training here locally in McMinnville. It's especially important when you look at the companies that are being held hostage. Uh, One of our sister community colleges was uh, ransomwared about six months ago. Last semester, they had to enroll people on paper because they still had not gotten all their records and systems back up and running. And so cybersecurity, the ability to intercept 
and thwart, if you will, those people that are trying to get inside of your facility uh, is one of the most important things, in my opinion, uh, that is currently being taught to our young, young men and women. We also have the ability through some grants to, and working with Amazon, a thing called AWS. Amazon is, uh, it's cloud computing, if you will, but Amazon is providing funds and credentialing for our students and for our faculty to be able to achieve, in many cases, thousands of dollars worth of credentials free simply by going through our cybersecurity program. Wow, that is a great opportunity for students. There's many out there, as you said, getting certifications and credentials can be very expensive. So that's a great resource for them to get what they need at little or no cost to them. And then what a leg up in the career world that they have with those credentials. It's almost like endless possibilities. That's correct. And I, I, don't, I don't recall if I said this before or not, but when we started introducing on the academic side micro-credentials two semesters ago, uh, working with Motoman, the four credentials that cost the students $100, if they came here and took that on the industry side, it'd be $4,000 worth of credentials. So when we can work with companies on the academic side and get discounts or free certifications, it's a real win for the college and the students and the community and the employers. Yeah. Well, that's a good note to end on, Mr. Larry Flat. That's a very positive note. Uh, and I want to thank you for being our guest today uh, on this special edition of the BLC podcast. I think we've learned a lot about how you all provide employment resources uh, and training facilities for leading industrial employers. And I invite our listeners to tune in for future episodes and share this content with other businesses. Until next time, this is your BLC Connection.